This is a shear on Likutei Sichais Chelek Chof Aleph. B'Shalach, the four um, B'Shalach, B'Shalach, the first Sichah B'Shalach in Chelek Chof Aleph, twenty-first book of Likutei Sichais. On the pasuk Vayasa Moshe Es Yisrael Miyamsov that Moshe caused the Jews to travel away from the Sea of Reeds after the splitting of the sea. Says in the Medrash, and Rashi brings it in his Pirush on the Torah. He see on Bal Karcham. In other words, it's an unusual language, Vayasa, uh, that Moshe made them travel. Says Rashi, he see on Bal Karcham. He made them travel against their will. As our sages explain, that the Yidden were busy with the Bizasayam, with collecting the um, booty, collecting the plunder that they were collecting at the sea. And it says about the biza, about the plunder at the sea, that the wealth at the sea was even more than the wealth that they took out with themselves from Egypt. And therefore they didn't want to go away from the Yamsu. So it's difficult to understand as the Rebbe. Kriyas Yamsuf was a, not just a splitting of the sea, what Kriyas Yamsuf was, was a revelation of Hashem in a way that's termed He revealed himself to the Jewish people with all his glory. And the Yidden said, as we say every day in the recitation of the Shira, the song that they said, Zekeli, this is our God. Marin, like they are so clear. God was so revealed to them that they can point to him with a finger, so to speak. And another language that is recorded by Chazal about the epic revelation at the splitting of the sea is, even a simple maidservant of the Jewish people saw at this at the revelation of the sea what the greatest prophets didn't see in their prophecy. So it was high level, epic revelation. And that's why the Yidin Taka all together in unison sang a beautiful song to Hashem, words of praise, giving, and thanks. How could it be after all that, where they're in the heights of such an incredible experience, they're so busy in collecting the money at the sea? What does money, gold and silver, have? How can it even stand up to the great um, revelation they were there? What, what kind of a batref, what kind of a, 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 a place can it even take? Uh, it should be like nothing. Interesting, the Rebbe points out in R8, I want to point out, says the Rebbe Lahoyer, that in order to be a prophet, one of the first criteria is that your uh, inclination can't be in charge of you. You have to be totally in charge of what you want and want, what you desire, not your negative inclination. So it must be definitely that when the Bnei Yisrael were at the level of prophecy for more than Yecheskel at the sea, so they had to be in, in, in self-control. They weren't just going after an indulgence to hoard more gold and silver. So what does it mean that Moshe had to force them to leave the experience of the sea? It's even a greater question, continues the Rebbe. Yidin definitely knew what was told to Meshach Rabbeinu, which was, Hashem told Meshach, when you take the people out of Egypt, you are going to subsequently serve Hashem on the mountain, talking about the mountain of Sinai. So, not just did they know about it, but they even counted the days. We know the reason for Sefir HaSayim is because the Bnei Yisrael counted the days back then from when they left Egypt in their desire and yearning to come to the receiving the Torah. They were counting the days literally. So how is it possible even after all this 
the plunder that they were collecting at the sea was so important for them, even more than speedily progressing towards Harsinai. And this seems to be the opposite of the concept of counting. The counting was a countdown. When can we get to Torah? And by the way, on that very day, they also counted. They didn't stop counting on the day when they were busy with the money. They were counting. So you're counting to show that you're so excited about getting the Torah and you're not running to get the Torah. So we have to say that the fact that the Yidin didn't want to leave that, that collection that they were making at the sea, it wasn't because gold and silver in and of themselves intrinsically had more value to them. But it's because they understood that this is what Hashem wants them to do. The Rebbe does point out in R11, look, there is a pshat level where, yeah, there was an issue. They didn't want to travel away from the sea, as Rashi himself brings in Pasha's water, because they, they, uh, because they were busy with the, with the, with the, the booty. But the, the gang, in the, in the position that I was taking here in the Sikh is that, that that's, they, they, were on such, they had such an exalted revelation. It must be that really what was going through their minds is this is what Hashem wants us to do. And this is also the connection between this interpretation of them going against their will. Well, why is it against their will? Because they were busy with doing Hashem's will of collecting the plunder at the sea. Right? So it also this also connects with what we're saying now. They didn't want to leave the revelation of the splitting of the sea. Why? Because actually, if we're now, as we're saying now, that they understood that Hashem wants them to collect this money, if that is the case, then what are we asking? We're asking if they have a revelation of Hashem, why aren't they running back, why aren't they running to Sinai if they're on such a high spiritual level? But what we're saying now is that the way they interpreted what Hashem wanted is that Hashem wants them to collect the money at the sea now. So what do you say? How can they do it if they're so holy? On the contrary, the revelation of Hashem, which is making them holier, is making them also more conscious and more conscientious about picking up all the money at the sea, which Hashem wants them to do. So now, how are we going to explain this? How does this all make sense? Base. One of the explanations is Pashtus and according to Allah. By the redemption from Egypt, there was an instruction from Hashem, man should ask of his fellow man in Egypt, golden ornaments and silver ornaments. And the intention was not that the Yidin should only have a large wealth, but they should totally empty out Egypt. Totally take all the gold and silver out of Egypt. Like Chazal used the word, just like a like a tower that has no grain left in it like a, a, a fish pond that has no fish in other words totally empty it out take out, take out clean them out so according to this when the Jews came to the uh, Yamsuf and there's still gold and silver that the sea is spewing out they didn't take that yet they still have they have an obligation to do Hashem's Bidding, which is when it's out of his to empty out Egypt of all their wherewithal. Ah, we just said they emptied out Egypt when they left Egypt. So, how did they have what was going on? Where did the gold and silver come from at the sea? So, the Rebbe quotes to a few Mefarshim, the one I looked up is Sif Sechacham, who says the Jewish people, the Bnei Israel, took out of Egypt all the known treasures. There were still hidden treasures. The hidden treasures, the Egyptians loaded up with them when they went to pursue the Jewish people to the sea. And that's what came off when they drowned, and that's what was 
being collected now by the Bnei Yisrael. Ah, one second. So they know Hashem wants them to take all the wealth, but now they're going to delay to go to Mount Teira. Shouldn't they just go? But one second. They have an instruction to take all the wealth of Egypt. They didn't actually have an instruction to go to, to Mount Sinai. Well, we just quoted Psukim that said, When you take the people out of Egypt, Moshe Rabbeinu was told by Hashem that they should serve Hashem on this mountain. Says the Rebbe, that was really not a commandment. That was a that was Hashem relating to Moshe what's going to be after Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And it doesn't say when it has to happen. So really, we have an opportunity now. They have an opportunity to empty out Egypt. And now's the time to do it. They don't know when they're going to do it. They're here now to see there's stuff to be collected. Going to Ar Sinai, okay, we'll wait. Because it anyway was never a clear instruction. Certainly didn't have a time limit on it. Gimel. That's not sufficient for us to understand this whole thing because since Moshe told them it's time to leave, so then they knew that Moshe wasn't talking on his own. Moshe was talking with the commandment of Hashem. So again, the question comes back. One second. They know that Hashem wants them to collect the money of Egypt. Yeah, okay. But now Hashem said time to go. So why are they going against their will? Why Vayasa Moshe? Why does Moshe have to move them against their will? Shouldn't they just say, okay, boys, let's go. Time to move. Hashem said move. So the explanation is, even if you understand <clears throat> that Hashem did command them to go to Sinai, so they really had to get moving. But the Yidin were of the opinion that they should still delay a little bit because they first have to fulfill the firm instruction of emptying out Egypt, especially that what they were able to collect from the at the sea, we know was... Uh, um, a mitzvah iveris would be considered a mitzvah that is not going to be able to be fulfilled after the current time. And we know that a mitzvah that's passing by, that you can only do it now, does not get pushed off for learning Torah. Learning Torah, in this case, for the giving of the Torah. First do the mitzvah that will not come back. Then go and learn Torah. Okay, so that's why they're standing and collecting their money, even though they're, they know they, they have a, a giving of Torah pending. And even though, from the fact of what we just said, Moshe said, go now, right? So that should mean going now. But that is a, only a, um, so that seems to be an indication that Hashem wants him to go. And that even though there's a mitzvah that is not going to be able to done later, emptying out Egypt and emptying out the, the wealth of Egypt that popped up at the sea, but Hashem wants him to go anyway. But that's exactly why. So they did, doesn't say they didn't listen to Moshe. It says they, they begrudgingly listened to Moshe. They listened to Moshe Baal Karcham against their will. I use the word begrudging. You see, the Rebbe is going to reject that concept. Begrudging means they went with, you know, not really wanting to go and not, not joyously. No, no, no. The Rebbe is about to say they went joyously. But they went Baal Karcham against their will because it was against what made sense to them. Their understanding of Torah was that if you have a mitzvah you can do now, you delay your study of Torah. we got to delay going to Mount Nusana because we got to collect all the stuff at the sea. And so therefore, when Moshe said, time to go, they went. But it was kind of against their will. It was against their inner will. In other words, it was against their, 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 their better judgment. Dalit, according to this, <clears throat> if we're saying now that the fact that the Eden were involved with collecting the uh, plunder from the sea the visa, the money from the sea.
in order to fulfill the instruction Hashem gave them, and it's out of Mitzrayim, you should empty out Egypt, now we'll understand another one, wondrous question we had. Why were the Yidin so involved in collecting the money at the sea to the extent that they had to be forced to leave the sea? What would they do with the money going into a desert? Especially that if you talk about needing just to buy, I mean, we know that there were peddlers. The Gemara talks about peddlers that used to come and visit the Jewish people in the desert and and sell them all the other things they may have needed besides the man. But that would be, they had more than enough money already from what they took out of Egypt. Chazal tell us a, an extravagant figure that every year took out at least 90 donkeys full of gold and silver from Egypt. So they were fabulously wealthy. Why are they still busy with collecting more money at the sea? On the other hand, if they thought, okay, well, we're going to go straight to Israel, and that was the initial plan. The Geula from Mitzrayim was going to be the eternal redemption. There wasn't going to be any further exile after that. But still, what do they need so to amass so much wealth? They're about to go into a permanent state of, of redemption in Israel. Why the emphasis on the wealth? But now, what we've explained, that there's a mitzvah to empty Egypt. Now we can explain very quick, very clearly. The Yidin were not thinking about what are they going to do with it. They were thinking about fulfilling the mitzvah of Hashem and it's all the mitzvah of Hashem, empty out Egypt. And therefore they didn't make any chishmainas. They didn't account how much they have, how long it last for. That's not the point. It's not about what they will have from it. It's Hashem wants something, you do it. You do it and as it says, you love Hashem with all your heart, with all your soul, you do it to the, to the fullest. So going away before they finished fulfilling Hashem's injunction to go and empty Egypt, even while they know they have to listen to Meisha, but there's still something in them that tells them a certain unwillingness, because they, in their perception, they still have to finish loading up the uh, the wealth. Hey, and this will become even more sweet and more understood when we talk about the inner meaning of what Benitzaltem Esvetsai means to empty out Egypt. L'chayda, we have to understand, why was it so important that the Jewish people leave Berechush Gadol with a great wealth from Egypt? The fact that Hashem said... He's not going to let them leave without it. There's a discuss in the Medrash. Let them leave. Forget about the wealth. It's going to delay their departure. Let them just leave. They want to be free people. And Hashem says, no, 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 no. You're going to go, tells Moshe, you're going to go, Avraham Avinu, I'm going to tell him I fulfilled the, the, the promise to redeem your, 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 your progeny, your descendants. And he's going to say, you fulfilled only the liberation. What about the wealth you promised? Hashem makes it part of the plan. They have to leave with the wealth. No, but what's the explanation? This is connected and fits very well with the mitzvah we have of Baal Tashchis and the concept about not being wasteful and the fact that it says the Torah is careful and cares, is particular, pays, uh, cares for the money of the Jewish people. In other words, you can't waste money. It can't be wasteful. Why? Because the concept is that everything that you have is an opportunity to elevate, to be used for Hashem. So if you have something you use for Hashem, and you're wasteful with it, you're not using it to its entirety. Continues the Rebbe, the Rechush, <coughs> the Rechush Godel, the great wealth we're talking about here, is also speaking about the sparks, the sparks of holiness, which are in the gold and silver of Egypt. Through the fact that the gold and silver now moves 
from being the possession of the Egyptians, being possession of the Jewish people, so those sparks get elevated. They move from being the possessions of Ervas Haaretz, of a land that's uh, immoral, Mitzrayim, to being in the property of the Jewish people, to be Kedusha. And since this Aveda, and we have a similar concept as the Rebbe in Haaretz 37, when it comes to uh, Tevilas Kalim, why do we have to table? Why do we have to immerse a dish, a vessel when we get it from a non-Jew? Because that transferal from a non-Jew to a Jew becomes something that requires an elevation. It's moving into an area of Kedushan, moving into an area of Tahara, of purity, that's only applicable by the Jewish people. And for that, it needs to be immersed to enter that zone. In other words, what the Rebbe is pointing out, I think, is that even before they've used this wealth in any meaningful way, the fact that it was collected from Egypt and it now comes into the possession of the Bnei Yisrael, this is an elevation just by the ownership transferring to the Bnei Yisrael who are going to use it in Hashem's world in the, in the way it's meant to be used is already an elevation to Kedusha. And since this Aveda of refining the sparks is something so central to Avedis Hashem, to the extent that we say that through elevating the sparks, this is the fulfillment of the intention of the whole creation, desire to have a dwelling place in the lower worlds, particularly in Dafka and the lower worlds. That's why they couldn't, they couldn't forego the opportunity to collect this wealth. Similarly, when we talk about collecting the wealth at the sea, knowing what gets achieved through elevating the sparks at, this, at, the, at, the, at the money that they were going to amass at the sea. So the Eden did the Aveda with a lot of vitality and energy. More than that, they had such a revelation of the Hashem's holy presence where they said, Zekeli, they pointed with their finger and says, we, we, we can literally see Hashem. So that would have made them be even more inspired and even stronger and more passionate about doing the work of gathering in those sparks. Like we see that when a person, when a Yid has the feeling that Hashem is really paying attention to him, the way he's doing a mitzvah, so then he does it, with all his heart, soul, and might, till it's, it, it's evident that there's not even one element of himself that is not totally vested and involved in fulfilling a mitzvah. So the revelation they had there, knowing that this is Hashem's intention, that there should be an elevation of the sparks, they need all this stuff to be in their possession, so they were fully vested in this activity. Vav. And this is the, also the, 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 the inner explanation of what does it mean that Moshe Rabbeinu took them against their will. Not, God forbid, that the Yidin after Kriyas Yamsov, after the Spirit, he didn't want to listen to Moshe Rabbeinu. Of course they wanted to listen to Meish Rabbeinu. They knew what Meish Rabbeinu is telling them is the instruction of Hashem to go away from the Amsuf. And if Meish Rabbeinu is telling them, they definitely want to do it wholeheartedly with, with joy. So what does it mean that he forced them to move against their will? When we say against their will, it means it was against their inner comprehension. It was against what made sense to them. Because they understood that they have to empty out Egypt, they have to be involved now in raising the sparks. And that's what they were fully involved and engaged in. With all their heart, mind, and soul, that this was what they were meant to be doing. And now, when Moshe Beno tells them time to move, so tearing themselves away from the thing that they were doing in a way where it's against their will because it doesn't seem to make sense to them, 
They're doing it because they have the obedience. They have the acceptance of Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, transmittal of the will of Hashem. So part of them feels we really should be doing that. But Hashem said, and obviously once they're moving, even though we're saying it's against their will, in other words, they don't feel that they understand why, but they go and do it. But for sure they did it. They're doing Hashem's will with a joyous heart. You can say actually more than this. They were fully vested in collecting, in collecting the money. But now that Hashem says, you got to go now, so now they knew. Even though it didn't make sense, it's still Balkorcham, it's still against their will because it, 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 it's not something they intellectually were at peace with. But now they knew that it's the time where you can no longer do the mitzvah of emptying out Egypt. That's it. Still their mind told them, we haven't finished. So that's why I was saying there's a Balkorcham, there's a little bit, it's against their will, because it's against their, their understanding, but it's not like they're begrudgingly going. They're going, Hashem said, so that, that's it. That's what we got to do now. Square brackets. Mela, if it's past the time of the instruction of emptying out Egypt, it's not going to achieve anything to go and continue and collecting the money at the Yamsuf. Similar says the Rebbe here, like eating matzah, which we know that it says in the Zoya, matzah is michle de mehimenus, it's the food of faith. Literally, when you eat physical matzah, it, it strengthens the faith. But when is that? When you eat the matzah in the days of Pesach. If, however, you eat matzah after Pesach, there's nothing that gets achieved through eating that matzah. Because the power that eating matzah has to, to, to strengthen the amuna, Hashem put it in at a certain time. After that time, after Pesach, when it's no longer, eating matzah is not a mitzvah, so the, the koyach, the power of that mitzvah is gone. Zion. So from here we have another teaching, fundamental teaching in servicing Hashem. When a yid is totally engaged and busy with something, a particular item of serving Hashem, so he has to be so vested till he is involved with all of his faculties, with all of his abilities, till b'chol with all of his might, totally in it, above his head, so to speak, higher than limitation, to the extent where there's nothing else, that he can't imagine doing something else. We, and if it's time to move on to something else, it's, it feels like it's Balkarach, it feels like he has to pull himself away unwillingly from what he was doing. In other words, that's how, you, can, you see, you can be involved in something and kind of be looking out to, to, to ready, when is it going to finish? You know, you're kind of with one foot out the door. No. I mean, so much in what you're doing, when it comes time to move to something else, you feel like, like you have to tear yourself away. Because when somebody in when, when you get an instruction from Shulchan Aruch, or from the revelation of Meisha, the 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 the, um, the spashtus of the Meisha, the the spark of Meisha that we have in every generation, then can you yeah? And when you get a message from like the Rebbe from Shulchan Aruch that now it's time to stop this service and to move into a different service of Hashem, so a yid has to do live in kind of a a paradox. On the one hand. He should feel initially that it's Balkarche. Wow, I'm involved right now in doing this. I'm so involved in doing this particular thing. How can, now that I was telling me, or oh, the Shulchan Aruch is instructing me to move to something else, uh, it's against my will. And I was, I have to tear myself away. On the other hand, this feeling that I have to tear myself away, it's really against having to fight my inner conviction that wants to stay there. 
it should bring to al korchach atachai. The al korchach should be atachai. You live in the new aveda until you have a chai's new aveda beyond beyond limitation. In other words, if Hashem's saying to do that new thing, you're you're going unwillingly in one sense, but that has to be unwillingly, and then you have to live in that new thing. You have to get totally vested to the new thing. Why? Because if you're so if you're so connected to what you were doing beforehand, why were you connected to what you're doing beforehand? Because it's the will of Hashem. And that's why you were just flat out attached to the previous Aveda of what you were doing for Hashem. So now when you have to move on to something else and you feel Al Korchach, I don't want to do it. Oh, you know why you don't feel like what you you know why you feel you want to stay here because of your deep connection to Hashem. And now the deep connection is fantastic. Now you gotta move on to something else, and now you will have that deep connection with something else. If you're, if you're, if you're doing that Aveda and looking out and trying to get out, then that means you're, 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 you're a weak Aveda guy. You do the new thing, who's to say what's going to happen there? But the fact that you're al Korchach, the fact that to pull you away from what you're doing, there's an al Korchach, you, you don't want to, you, you're so vested in what you're doing. Atochai, that can actually lead, that you will live in your new thing that you're now doing. Yes, this is also the teaching in actuality, in practice, for those that study, those that their, so to speak, their main occupation is studying, and for Bali Ace, for those that their main occupation is being out there in the world, business. Those that are Yeshvayel, those that sit in the tents of Torah, even though they have to be totally involved and engaged in learning Torah, when Shulchan Aruch says that it comes a time to do a mitzvah that's going to pass, you can't do it later. Or, for example, something that you have to save a life, so then they have to tear themselves away from learning Torah and be involved in saving people, in spreading Torah mitzvahs. And they have to do it with simcha, with joy, with chai. It's not, oh, I have to never go away from my learning. But you could make a cheshman. It's much gishmaker, it's much more enjoyable to stay inside and to be totally involved in learning Torah. Why do I have to go outside? It's true that we say, Chazal tell us, our sages tell us, anybody who says, I have nothing but Torah, not involved in anything else. That's a sign he doesn't even have Torah because it's a sign that his learning of Torah is, is, is vested with the ego, with self-centeredness. You need to be able to, you need to have always Torah, Gimel's Chasadim, learning Torah for yourself and teaching and give, being benevolent to others. Okay, so he's, he's doing also Gimach, Gimel's Chasadim, he's also doing benevolent kindness to others. But, it's only when he's forced to do it. Because uh, he's forced to do it because he knows if he doesn't do that, then it shows his Torah is not true Torah either. So you have to know that from the al Karchach, yes, it starts by tearing yourself away, but you have to have a vitality in it. Al-Karchach, atochai. In what do you have to live in? What do you have to have a vitality and a, and a, and a, and a levitikite in being involved in saving lives and in spreading Torah and, and Yiddishkeit with a great joy? Till what you what you should find is that at the times when he's doing that, he should be doing it with total involvement. That becomes who he is. Then he'll go back to learning. Similarly, this is the teaching for those that are in business out there in the world. Their main Aveda is doing good deeds. They have to know that the fact that they're obligated to set times, fixed set times for studying Teda, it needs to be not just a fixed time on the clock in, 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 in time according to what they're obligated to study as taught to us in the laws of Talmud Teda 
also it has to be in a way of kviyas benefesh. It has to be fixed in the soul, etched into the soul, that these times where you're learning Torah, the person is totally immersed and engaged in learning Torah. Just like it is when somebody who learns Torah as his full-time occupation. So he's not learning Torah as full-time occupation because he's a balesik. That's his aveda. That's what he's meant to be doing. But the times he's learning Torah should be total, total immersion. Tess, another teaching we can have from the concept of Isiyah Malkach, the Meshach made to move them their way against their will. If this is the way it is, when they were busy with the sparks and refinements of physical gold and silver, but the Eden was so busy with collecting the money at the, at the, collecting the booty at the sea to get all of the sparks of holiness till they wouldn't leave one behind. They were really into it, how much more so we have to be involved in the refining work of bringing back Yidin who have been distanced from Yiddish guy to bring them back to fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs. A Yid could say, I already brought so many people back to Yiddishkeit. It's already, I already am allowed to take a rest from this work, not, God forbid, uh, to sit, sit idly, but I can do something else, some other service of Hashem, which is more desirable to me. So you have to know, a person shouldn't make an account how many Yidni he already brought closer to Torah Mitzvahs. If there's still an, one more Yid, that needs to be brought closer, he has to keep doing that work until he receives an instruction from Shulchan Aruch or from the Moshe in every generation or from the Rebbe, the Lassi, the leader of the generation that now or, or from now on you have to do a different sort of Aveda than what you were doing till now. Till you get that explicit instruction, you can't leave the Aveda that you're doing to be Mekadev other Yidin to Yiddishkeit. Especially with regard to Yidin, we know that every Yid is an Olam a complete world. So even if you are already Makarev, a lot of Yidin, but there's still some left. And even if there's one left, he's a whole world, a full of Elt, This is even if we be talking about one Yid, how much more so we're talking, there's so many that we still have to attract to Yiddishkeit. So for sure, he has to be totally vested in that work, totally involved in that work, with all of his vitality, in a way, that when you want to pull him away from this work, he says, Balkarch, he feels it's against his will. He's just so involved in it. How much more so when you take into account that through the fact that you, when you help refine and bring a, a yid close to Torah mitzvahs, so that person who's been brought close is going to also be somebody who also joins the forces of those that refine and bring other yidin close to Yiddishkeit. Because one mitzvah brings another mitzvah. So if, if, if you, you engage and teach somebody to do a mitzvah, he's going to do more and more mitzvah, especially the mitzvah of love your fellows yourself. So he's also going to join those that are bringing others into the field of Torah mitzvahs. So you have not just the good deed of bringing him, but his coming closer, he will join the forces of those that make others yet to come closer. So from your, from your deed, you have Paris. Results and one person becoming his God and then pay they pay this. That person brings somebody else and not save Kalayalam until the end of the world. That person brings somebody else will bring somebody else. That's okay.